Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports Grill at Arona. This week we talk to Paolo, we take a quick look back at the various incarnations of the Mariners' active support and discuss all the latest A-League results. I'm Phil and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. How are you guys? Marvellous. Well indeedy. How good a podcast after winning? Great. Winning podcasts. We weren't we weren't used to it last year, so it's much better this way. Right, let's get into the walking. Hopefully it doesn't play an ad. Yep, there we go. The song's gone. Back a little while. Aaron's got a very confused look on his face. Luke. I've got no idea. It's very gangster. I think this game, I think this song came out when I was in high school. I was like a long, 12 years ago. I'm not down with the kids. I'm not cool enough to listen to gangster rap. All right. Do you know who this is? No. 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 It's not Tupac. No, it's Outcast. <laughs> is it? The only it outcast. outcast song I know is Hey Ya. That's it. <laughs> okay. And the song is called So Fresh and Clean. Oh, sorry. So Fresh, So Clean. So Fresh, So Clean. So Clean Sheets. Well yeah, done. Oh, he's got Ooh, it. The old guy. So, first clean sheet. 36 games. It was like winning a bloody major semi. I think we wanted the clean sheet more than we cared about the win. That's yeah. all I yeah. cared about yeah, yeah, at the right. time. Yeah. I would have so gone with a nil-all draw. So much that. Yeah, I would have gone for nil-all if it meant a clean sheet. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was good, though. We're I think, running out of records, aren't we? Yeah, thankfully. Um, mm. I think it was good, but I think it was definitely a monkey off, monkey off the back for whoever was in goals. It didn't matter who was in goals, but um, especially for Izzo after last year. And, yeah. um, That's the, a massive confidence booster for him yeah. And a back four Yeah, and he has been playing very well So hopefully his confidence is up But now that he has the clean sheet Hopefully it keeps on continuing to grow And uh, a sort of newish centre-back pairing for um, do, you, do you think we stick with for that? For this season Well, we'll get yeah. onto our game a bit, little bit yeah. later So we'll do that Plenty so, of character yeah. and determination Shown though to wrestle the game our way, I thought Plenty and, of individual and, brilliance mate, Well, I don't know about too much individual brilliance Especially Just among the commentators But I'll touch on that yes. later right. on So pre-game on Thursday We had 5,888 members Now we are just eight short of 6,000 the record is, was it 6,000? 6, 6,242. We will smash that. We're in sight. I hope so. We should, yeah. We, we will smash that. that. So if you've got any friends that aren't members or any, you know, people that used to be members, just get them on board. Get them even on the six-game membership. There's a deal going on at the moment. You get six games, six beers. Just, yeah, get them in. And so there's, there's been 28 new members today alone. It's massive. It makes a difference. As, as much as it's frustrating for some people that, People aren't members no matter what. The reality is that some people rely on results um, people turn to become a member or not. Yeah, people will turn exactly. up when we start winning. And yeah, and the reality is we have started winning, um, sort of. Hopefully it should be a good turnout on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, I think anything under 10K would be a disappointment, I yeah. think. Definitely. Well, especially, apparently there's, especially the Wanderers bringing they've, a lot. They've sold <laughs> 850 tickets to the Wanderers. Or yeah. in the away bay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so the challenge is there's they've sold 1,500 all up for the game. 
And um, so the challenge is to get those six or 700 uh, that I assume are Coasties to become members. So that's the next leap for the club. 10K would be nice, though. And the wonder mm, yeah. is they, they may well bring more, but uh, there's a few little fractures amongst their fans at the moment, change of stadium, uh, all of that sort of thing, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they really can come good with the big, West Sydney Terrace. Up Speaking here. of fractured fans, how about Victory fans booing people in North Terrace? Yeah, Oof. they're pretty fractured too, aren't they? Wow, that's, I couldn't believe that. That's just shameful. Interesting, interesting topic, old, old NT members booing the people trying to get mm. something started up. Mm. 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 But interesting topic, though, given that there's some questions <coughs> being asked about our own active support. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Well, right. I know Victory, but... Obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, so Fred's weekly question. Um, we'll get to Fred, Mrs. Fred's question a bit later. Um, we met Fred on the weekend. Mrs. We Fred. did. We met Fred. Fred. We finally met him. We didn't see his doppelganger this time. We actually met the real Fred. What radar? No, <laughs> <laughs> not radar. The guy I met up in Newcastle. I don't know who it was. Oh yeah, yeah, got ya. And someone on Fred, Fred Senior. Right, uh, with so many positives coming from the last game and the team really uh, have a new sense of belief, where do you think we need to focus on to maximise the momentum over the next few games? Just build on defence, I think. I think Get the clean sheet, build on build from the back as well. Yeah, I think the key word there is momentum. I think consistency is the next big challenge. I think we had that really good win against Adelaide away and then we were... Home inverted commas against the Knicks, and it was really just a really disappointing. That, that was down an in away Canberra. game. For, yeah, that, yeah. It made sense. It, the game suited Knicks down to the <coughs> T, so you know, yeah, the ground, so so you know we had that really good performance, and then a really poor one, and then a pretty good result against the Jets away. Um, so now the challenge is to be con- to be consistent, and two home games in a row. Um, I think we need to make most of it. Just want to use that confidence to develop our combinations and improve ourselves. And mm. uh, now's the time to strike while the iron's hot and, uh, you know, uh, really drive it into the Wanderers. And confidence, confidence from last week will be a big factor in the game, I think. Massive. Right. Um, more on the news. 150 players out of contract at the moment, as you might have seen in... Uh, what was that on again, That's mate? a lot. Dave Davudovic put out an article earlier today. Yeah. Um, so the reason for that is that the, the TV deal isn't finalised. Um, the tender finishes next week and you'll probably see it wrap out around mid to late January, um, which means, you know, if if it's wrapped up the end of January, you probably won't see many transfers in the January window. Uh, if, it's mat- if it's, you know, finalised mid-gen, you might see a few come in. But um, there's a lot of contracts there that, aren't being re-signed just because they don't know what they can spend on, on players and yeah, on, on, we on don't the know, team. We don't know if the cap's going to go up or it's obviously not going to go down, but we don't know how much up it's going to be. So we've mm. got 17 players off contract at the end of the season, which is massive. Yeah, that's, mm. that's, that's a sticky that's situation for the league, really. That's three, isn't it? three yeah. quarters of the squad, isn't it? Yeah, and some very, well, obviously with that many, there's going to be some very important players in there, like, Monty, Rue, O'Donovan, Posco, Tavares, and there's a lot more. So um, there's a few in there that haven't got their chance yet, really. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, Adelson's on that list too, and yeah. unfortunate for him, he's done his ACL the start of the season. So yeah, it's a tough one. I, I, I probably would risk him again because we at the small glimpses that he has had before he keeps on getting injured. Uh, we've seen how good he can be. Mm. And he's he's not going to take up much space in the cap, so I'd 
definitely be giving him another chance. Seems yeah. like Paolo's Agreed. type of player too, don't you think? Yeah. Developing youth. Yeah. Well, would you see Fabs go? I think it's a possibility. It's tough. For sure. Because there was rumours last in the off-season that he was uh, looking to go back home, I think. To if get back, if go back Trent to stays and then Adelson's fit, that's two on that right side. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one because I think if you look skill-wise, Fabio is probably our most skillful player, but that doesn't necessarily... But he hasn't been on, on form. Yeah, He hasn't exactly. shown any of that. No, that's that doesn't necessarily mean season. that he fits sort of into the game plan 100% or not, but um, Fabio's a tough one, especially now with Trent coming in. It depends how he's felt about losing his spot to an 18-year-old as well. Mm. And it depends if he wants to stay. If he doesn't want to stay, don't. If he wants to stay, I think... Give it to give him give him another I year. I, to yeah. be honest, I, I can't see him staying because it it is good competition for spots. Because I think in the last sort of two seasons, we've probably felt like we've had almost no competition for spots, and he he just would have walked in. Yeah. But now that Trent's come along, um, even Matthew Fletcher, who hasn't really had a chance yet, he hasn't even um, had a bench yet. No, no, not this season. So we've got a few players that can go into that spot, and it's sort of been between him and Trent and. So now I guess we'll probably see um, what sort of person he is, I guess, and see sort of mental toughness about um, whether he'll want to stay and fight for his spot or whether he wants to look elsewhere. We should want him to. Um, we should want him to stay. I think just because of that <coughs> X factor that he adds. Yeah. But, but and I think he's a good person too. I think he fits the culture of the club pretty well. It's a bit like a horse race at the finish where the the horses are, their heads are bobbing because uh, we st- Matty Fletcher you mentioned is outside the squad at this stage. Hasn't we haven't seen Happy Okubi as well hasn't really had a look. Not in. much of a chance. And up until last week, Harry Ascroft hadn't had a, a chance either. But after last week's game, now we're looking at Harry Ascroft as being the current incumbent. Central mm. defender mm. with Jakey McGing, so you know I reckon Paolo will still be looking for quite a while yet, and uh, re- just considering how everyone fits into well, the squad. Appiah looked good pre-season, but yeah. um, I think as soon as Wormsley left, he and Ocon came in. He didn't really. I don't. I don't think he suits Ocon as well. He's not really no. an Ocon style player. Yeah. Well, he mustn't be performing a training if he's not getting anywhere near the squad. Same yeah. with maybe Fletcher as well. Well, yeah. Ocon's game plan obviously is to hold possession and. In all honesty, does Appiah hold possession very well? Probably not. No. But it's something he, he that he'd have to, to coach into him. He seems to be like a, an, an X-Factor type play. You give him yeah. the ball, he does something special. Yeah, and that's sort of like a Fabio yeah. as well, which is yeah. sort of why I'm up about whether Fabio will stay or not. The game we're playing, though, is a percentage game. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do like doing I love I, – I like to play possession football and I like to play percentage football, especially – then you've seen me get annoyed at fives tomorrow, and when we just give away every week when we give away cheap possession and no seriously I've I've fucking hate it. I, I like possession football until it goes into moss ball territory. But you've also got to have that special player, I think, to break open a game. Yeah, and that's, if, that's if it's not if that game if it's if that percentage game isn't working for you, then you need that type of player to put on because <laughs> otherwise the other option is route one. And, and bringing Fabio, bringing Fabio on in the seventieth minute to run at tired fullbacks is definitely not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. different anyway. players do that in different ways. Though Fab does it by being tricky and you know a few Fred Astaire stepovers and all of that sort of thing. Trent does it by being too quick and getting in behind. <laughs> yeah. Fab can do the other as well. 
Um, so, you know, it'll just depend on what um, Paolo thinks is, is what he likes to see in the future. Maybe if he thinks that he can develop up here, then uh, he could be a natural replacement for Fab. Right, go on to reviews. Our game, we won 2-0. Yeah, Yay. and clean sheet. Woo! <laughs> Didn't really want to go home, did we? Right, now penalties. I didn't want to go <laughs> straight into it. Straight into penalties. Come on, you, you fire up. You You're were fired up before, it. mate. Come on, let's let's let a little. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not so much fired up about the f- whether they were or they weren't penalties. Fire up, mate. For fire the up. Come on, you were chucking chairs around the room before. Well, I'll chuck a fucking few of the chairs in a minute, don't you? Worry I bet you about kicked that. someone in the head when they didn't. Ca- the person sitting in front of you with prawn sanger. They choked <laughs> on a prawn sanger when you kicked him in the head when they didn't give that pen. The bloke behind me spilled his prawn sangers on me. I was flicking them everywhere. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez, that would have smelled a bit, <laughs> especially. You know, by the second half, they were pretty rank. No, <laughs> you're on fire. No, <laughs> the sandwiches or Perth? Both. All. All of the, the above. The team's on fire. Before the record, one pen and an offside goal. I'm going to go and say that uh, Chris Harold manages to get his foot in between kind of pain and the ball at the right moment and that that's no pen, but Trent Bahaja, dead set pen every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the offside call on Roy. I'm 50 50 on it. See, I'm. But, 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 the, yeah, but, no, but, but, but the thing that really peed me off is the way that it, the swear, Fox mate. commentators describe these things. I have no problem with them having a different opinion to um, whoever to, they usually to me. Do. But not, they when usually it's do. not when it's different to your, our own. Not yeah, it, I totally agree. Not when it doesn't <laughs> resemble the reality of what happened. Yeah, but this is Fox Sports commentators. Well, Ned you, how can you be surprised? I'll give you a couple of examples. Ned Zelich describes the Bahaja incident, incident as looks like Bahaja deviates away from the ball towards Williams. Almost inviting the contact was the, the point he was trying to make. Well, hang on. What really happened was that Trent, running straight, moved the ball to his right um, in, order right to, in order to make sure that he was yeah. in between the ball and the defender, and the defender wiped him out. We saw a tackle just like it earlier from Roston Griffiths that was penalised. And outside the box, every week, every day, that will be a free kick. To so interrupt, sorry... But if that foul is outside the box, it's a foul. Exactly, sure. and that's why it's a pen. But but sticking to the Zelich um, situation, the description, people listen to these guys. God knows why, I certainly don't, but people do listen to them. So some people believe that crap that he was espousing about that first one that, that Trent deviated, including Brenton Speed. God knows how, but he did. The human thumb. I think it's because Can he's I, a wait, bit of a lemming, we, Before actually. we keep going, I just want to point out that when us three have a rant, it's just off the cuff. Not You've come prepared. Written down with, with my notes. Red. I do have some like key four, points from four this, bloody this pages in front of me. I'm going to take this away from you, and you're going to have to do it by. So, so moving on to the second. <laughs> the, no, 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 the no. no. He's already wasn't. memorized it like a speech. <laughs> the penalty that wasn't okay. It, Connor Payne's wasn't a penalty. I'm oh, going to I agree with that. that. All right. When, when but Zelich's description of the incident is that oh, Connor Payne he just goes down way too easily there. Well, hang on a second. Harold sticks his foot in, clips the ankle of Payne. Payne clips his own ankles together and Payne goes down. He doesn't go down easily. He's tripped over. Now, all I'd like to see is the commentators describe the incident as it happens, not in this little fairyland that exists in the likes of Zelich's mind. Then we've got, lastly, the offside goal. Well, have it, have it your way if you like, but for me, that's dead set onside. That was the one that really pissed me off. Yeah, that's the way that they was, that was the way they spoke about that. Yeah, and and so Zelich just simply says it's onside, and he's followed up by the lemming uh, Brenton Speed behind him, who simply says, "Well, 
The referees have been under plenty of pressure recently, but they're getting them all right tonight. What a load of bollocks. Yeah, but as we know, and as we've discussed over the last few seasons, we Sydney know they're full City. of shit. Sydney or City, it's a how dare they not give City or Sydney that, that goal. Exactly. Because it's us, it's... We know Speed's again. a twat. And he's blocked. Always I know he's been. blocked me. He's, he's blocked you. He's blocked me like he's three years. Me. And I realise yeah. that I'm Has at great. You? No, he hasn't. And I'm at great risk of being blocked. And to be fair, <laughs> I'm surprised that he hasn't blocked me after our conversations about the Tom Rogic red card. Remember that one? I we, called him a so-called <laughs> pundit in quotation marks, and that was enough to get me blocked. I think mate, I just called him like a he's fucking a, flog or something. Mate, he's <laughs> a secret. He's a secret admirer of us Mariners fans. You know, I saw him. I caught him when we were doing the family photo thing. He's he was down taking there in pictures, the corner, yeah. smirking his head off, loving, looking every like Jabba the, the Hutt. Experience exactly taking <laughs> taking pictures of us on his iPhone. What? Yeah, he was. I was about, I to, I was about to throw a bottle yeah. at him. I'm telling you, it was there. Well, it would have just rebounded off his head. coming out. All of the all of them have biases against us. With Ocon coming in, it's not as strong as last season. No, but no one. It's still there. It. It's still there. Rant over. No, right. that was good. You guys got something good to say about the game? Good rant. Just to, I guess, juxtapose your um, thought on the Bahaja penalty. I've seen a lot of neutral fans say that Trent just got muscled out of the ball and it was no pen. What do you reckon? Well, shoulder to shoulder is defined. I'm not a ref, but. I'm pretty sure it's defined as be it's okay. It's okay if you're going for the ball. He, there was no clear attempt for him to go for the ball. He didn't stick out a leg to go for the ball. He just barged straight into him. So that should be by all definition. Did a pen. he barge straight into him? Oh my god! Oh, I'm going to mute your mic. Stop that right now. There he is, muted now. Stop the that. truth is that Trent <laughs> does actually point the shoulder at him at the last minute. But when you've got a guy 20 kilos heavier than you, running at a 45-degree angle across your line, exactly, mm. you're, you're going to want to brace yourself just a little yeah. bit. Especially when, not 10 minutes earlier, Roston Griffiths wiped you out in the same method. And how many times do we see players go into the box and leave a leg out on purpose and get clipped? They can't, Josh, they can't hear you because your microphone's off. <laughs> Turn me on. Are you up? Yeah, I said... He's back. I, I, said, I said Trent got hacked mostly through the game as well, I reckon. Yeah. And then Did remember too. when he won a tackle, like the first tackle he made, like the whole game, and it was somehow yeah. a foul? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Luckily, special, luckily none of these decisions <laughs> had an impact on the result. Because we played very fucking well. Now, yeah, we were I'm going to counter that and say Perth were very poor. And they had a lot yeah, look, of injuries. I after, think after they lost, uh, sorry, I can't. I, I was playing the drum, looking the other way. Which two players went off so injured? They Castro. lost Risden. They lost Risden. Risden before the, the game. Yeah. And then Castro. Castro, and then Castro. Castro after fifteen minutes. Yeah. So look, we we can't skip over. We that, took advantage that, of them. That, that did have an effect on the game. But, but this is a side that I thought was going to have one of the best depths. Yes. Among the squad and exactly. tag it and, and on paper do. Yeah, but they're just a little bit the, the pieces of their puzzle. I saw it t- described as today are not really quite fitting yet. They've got injury here, injury there, person in, person out. Yeah, um, I think. But we you see how Taggart came on, and Taggart was not a hundred percent. Didn't even no, know he was did, out there. No. Looked, I'd so did, I'd, neither did I. I didn't even know he'd play it until I looked. I watched the game again. It and was yeah. so quiet. And meanwhile, we're talking depth here. Meanwhile, we've thrown a, blo- a kid into Paolo's team who hasn't been in the team at central <coughs> defence. He's twenty one years old, and not only does he play a Stormer scores a goal, mm. but um, but don't forget he played there for um, the Oliroos. Right, but depth. Sorry, so, young so we're, looking, we're looking at um, Perth uh, on paper and saying they got great depth, but to be honest, their depth wasn't on show on to Thursday. No, no, no. and ours was. I think we, they missed key players. We we still had to play and execute 
execute the game plan for the guys that they had on the pitch. And I think we did that really, really well. I think whenever Perth had the ball, Roy, Payne, Bahadja, they all went up high, made them go long, made them go over the top, which they did mm-hmm. time and time again. They was they could not get through. There was a huge gap between our front three and our back sort of half. Every time they went long, we won the ball and then we went forward. Yep. It was perfect. And it was and it was because we took advantage of Perth having centre backs playing as fullbacks. Was mm. it Lowry on the Lowry on the was left? playing right back, right, and was getting absolutely shredded and by Reece Connor Williams Payne. Williams was on the left. Williams yeah. against Connor. But it, they yeah. played four centre backs yeah. as their back four. Yeah. And when you play centre backs at wing backs, it rarely works. And yeah. after the first couple of times that Connor beat Williams, then we kept going there. Um, and that's, I noticed that's, that. Yeah, that was very heavy. That's just smart. Play. <laughs> he, he got all the traffic down that side. Yeah, and I think. Payne and Bahadja, they were both making really smart runs too, especially Bahadja. Every time he came inside, the Perth backs, because even if they were normal plays in position, they still would have been a bit really sort of like, what the hell? But because they were out of position as it was, every time he came inside, they had no idea what to do with him. And he got the ball that much and made so many good chances with it. Um, I just think we just played really, really well. And... I think the back four deserves a lot of credit as well, especially Ascroft and McGing, who I think both probably had their best games for us, and they also live together, which helps. Um, so I'd be going with that starting starting backs next time as well. Um, something else that's good about the game was the atmosphere. Yeah, I think the fans did a great job. They were all excited, of course, because we haven't played any home goal, one home game there. So far this season, but but yeah, great atmosphere. Yellow Army did a great job of um, about fifty two hundred leading leading the cheers. Yeah, something like that. Don't say cheer squad. Leading the cheers, please don't leading say cheer. Squad. cheer. You could please, leading, you said you said cheer AFL squad fan. before, and yeah. I hated it. I've never said cheer squad. You have have not. You said it a few weeks ago. Never. Anyway, the Yellow um, Army cheer just, squad. It was just a very good night. It was a very positive night. Where's the pom poms? Um, there was just a lot of good vibes. I I don't think I don't think we had a bad player on the pitch really. No, no, no. See, we fed off the, off the team. Yeah, and everyone else fed off the yeah. team. And I'm hoping the team fed off us. Yeah, you know, I think Montgomery. I think I've it. said it a few times. Yeah. He's been a bit out of form lately. I think he probably had his best game for a long time. Um, Tavares. I think in the first sort of 25 minutes, half an hour, he gave the ball away a bit. But then there was also other times when he made some, did some really good stuff. And then in he the sort of half, came into it in, in the, the second, second half. He was brilliant. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just – it was a really positive night. Good vibes. Good goal by Harry, which no more floating goddamn corners from Monty and then it just worked. Just whip it in. Yeah. It was I, whipped in and we scored. If yep. I'd known Monty had that whip it in in his arsenal, I wouldn't have Where been Where was that from round one, Monty? Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have been good. telling him to get <laughs> off the pens. I know. And the short corners don't work. No. Please we don't saw do that. another two short corners. And set piece mm. variations that looked weird and didn't work. Yeah. But there was there was one corner that wasn't even a short corner. It went f- from the corner to like nearly. It went back to like Izzo. Yeah, just about. <laughs> it was yeah, it was painful. I and do then, like us being a bit innovative with those uh, set pieces, though. I think there was one yeah. where we had a, we had a good position, and they we put in like a, a ball to Storm or someone on the something on the right to whip in across, and then it just got blocked, and they had a yeah. counter. I was like, why do that? Just whip it in, yeah. put it in the box. His whips, his whips are good on Thursday. Hopefully, he keeps the whips up. And um, would you rather see yeah. a ball Watch us curved in now. towards the goalkeeper or curved away? So, like a, l- I like the swinging in. You like the swinging in? Yeah, I to the back post. I like a right footer on the on the left. 
if you know what I mean. I think the corner where Harry scored was perfect. You think really either, either, either one, either <laughs> one yeah, is good. Whipped in. Yeah, I'm happy with either. And uh, that one was an in-swinger, was it not? It landed in yeah. the right place for Harry. Well, it nicked off, it nicked off a whole bunch of – nicked off a purse player and then went straight to Harry. So yeah. I think that was probably spot on for where you want a corner. Yep, just outside the six-yard box or right on the edge of the six-yard box yep. in front of the goals and hard and low. Yeah. Mm, driven. And then Roy, Roy, who worked his ass off all night, gets rewarded with a good goal Thank as well. You. Very good sneaky finish past Reddy, who... That was a real striker's <clears> goal, wasn't it? It was just in the right place at the right time, and good assist from Monty, who definitely didn't ma- didn't mean it. Yeah. Mm. Excuse me, good Liam, shank. Can, you sol- can you save this? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, no. And, he's a twat. Um, <laughs> yeah, we like giving Liam Reddy shit because he's just a knob. Oh, okay. We had someone say on the weekend, um, it was a disgrace to boo Reddy. Nah. No, it's not. Get stuffed. <laughs> uh, not this. No. They're just... It's not their fault they don't know what Reddy did last year, but he tore the team apart and he still continues to try to tear our team apart. So we're going to boo the shit Mon- out of him because he is a disgrace of the human the being. Game. Did you see that? Monty didn't shake his I don't blame him. Game. I, th- I think it was a bit of both. I think Monty might have, but he's seen Reddy not put his hand up because then it looked like Monty sort of because well, Reddy didn't do it shoulder. first season, uh, first round. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, but there's not a lot of evidence of Monty not having any sportsmanship, is there? But if we look back, how many A League clubs is it now that uh, that um, someone's been moved on from? Eight. Yeah. Look, yeah. Is this is Perth's eighth or let's, seventh or eighth club? Yeah, that's too so hard. Let's stick to the clubs he hasn't played for. Who are they? <laughs> North Queensland. <laughs> anyway, look. The thing is, he's a jerk and. Yeah, that's Look, what we round doing. round one against Perth. Uh, he slapped Posco in the head uh, when they went to shake hands before the game, um, and then when we scored the penalty, he threw the ball at Montgomery uh, when he ran in to celebrate with all the boys. So, any Mariners fan that still likes, mate, he can go jump. That's, that's to say nothing of the the. Please don't say go jump because. That's to say nothing of the outside jump and off on a high jump things that might have gone on in terms of the pre-match. Go jump on a trampoline. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot more stuff as well that that we know that we probably can't really get into because we've been sort of told in confidence by a few people. But there's just that much stuff. Secret that squirrel. Do he's it, just he's just a complete he's just a complete knob, and it it really annoys me more because I think most of us gave him a second chance when he came back here. Well, all, all, when of he came the, here. all of the friends that Reddy had at this club are now are gone with, with him. Either yeah. that. Fitzgerald, Caceres, or to Sim, City, yeah. Yeah. And among yeah. the fans, either that or they uh, they don't know what happened. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, but that's enough on him. He's just a dick. Right, yeah, enough of our game. Anything else you want to talk about? No, it's just um, good. Jeez, it was good here in the cannon. Loved it. Yes, it was good. More that cannon, thing, please. It was funny. As I was walking into the bay, uh, you know how they fire it before the game? Yes. They fired it, and I saw three Perth players duck for cover. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It, it the cannon works. Them. They probably thought, oh, I didn't know we were playing Wanderers away. Well, they've probably been talking to Birrigiddy. Remember we fired the ca- cannon at him? Maybe we should load it this weekend. And then aim it at the away bay. Yeah. We've been proposing that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Safer Jets games. Right. Uh, Friday night, Wanderers won all with Brisbane. Somehow Wanderers didn't win this yeah, game. I was about to say that. I don't know how Wanderers didn't win this. Yeah. They dominated the second half. They got the goal from Jumpai, and then they dominated the rest of the game and just couldn't Jumpai score Jumpai was very poor. That's the only thing he did was run in and tap that in. Oh, I was I was just about to say I thought he was pretty good. No. He's someone we need to look out for on Saturday. He for was, sure. he was okay. Well, the first half he was very poor. 
Okay. He started off well um, during the season, and he had a few quiet weeks. But I think it was it was slowly creeping back to how he started the season. But they're still not very convincing, though, the Wanderers. Not at all. I'm still not convinced. I'm, I'm, yeah, confident. I'm confident. I'm don't confident worry about Jump, eh? Sandlab's the one to worry. Sandlab is the—he may be the one to worry about. Yes, and we have got a track record for having to worry about him. You have to worry about Bullet as well, but that's for a different reason. But if Sandlab can't score from where he got West Gossie Mackers look out weekend, then he's not in good form. Yeah, Bullet's been rubbish. Can't say I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, Bullet's been shit house for all the talk and all the hype and all the Wanderers fans wanting him back there more than ever. He's been. Rubbish. A fair bit of the talk and the hype was probably in his own head, I think. <laughs> it yeah. was. Oh, he, he must have a Definitely. massive. I thought he was too good for, sure. um, for A League. He's really slow. He's not, good, no, he's not, he's not good enough for NPL. He's just really slow. When he runs, it looks like he can't run. Well, that's why he was onside when he had that big goal celebration because he was too slow to be. He was probably too. <laughs> <laughs> that probably was the quickest <laughs> I've ever seen him move when he launched over the thing straight to the RBB. He'd be too tired from running away from the cops at Macca's, would he? <laughs> That's where uh, all his energy's gone. He doesn't have enough energy to play football. <laughs> it was not an attractive game. I I did not like that watching that his game. His tattoos aren't very attractive either. Now the second half was just basically Brisbane trying to defend their own yard box. Yeah, yeah. They, it, well, even the first half. Do you reckon, was do you reckon they got lucky? They did it. Do you reckon Brisbane, Brisbane got lucky with that penalty, or was it hundred percent penalty? I he was looking for it. But this is this it was is, it was such a slow motion play, wasn't it? This is exactly the point about the Bahaja one. How's that so a penalty compared? And then because M- yeah. McLaren is clearly looking for it, he like he leaves his leg, leaves his leg where Tyson will be able to get it, and then he gets the pen. So what about why the jump is the one not a pen? Late yeah. in the second half, I don't think it was a penalty because he already kicked the ball away. Yeah, I wouldn't have given that. Yeah, I'm probably with that. Yeah. No pen. No pen for the McLaren no, one? No pen for McLaren. Really? Jumpai. Late in the second half. He kicked the ball no away pen. and then he went down. No. Yeah. yeah. So no why anyway. why no pen for the McLaren one? Because in it because I don't think he is going to have contact unless he uh, looks for the contact. And and in this case the, the Trent uh, But Tyson obliged and gave Trent him the absorbing contacts. the contact of Williams <laughs> is not looking for the contact. That's absorbing the contact. You can't possess yeah, the ball enough, in the yeah. Trent situation. I, I, think, I, I think I so mean So it's like more when a Jets fan absorbs my fist into his face. <laughs> is that right? No, that's more like when you stick your fist into a marshmallow. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think so I'm, I think I mean more in the point that um, Ned was sort of trying to make is that he, that Trent deviated from his line, so therefore it's not a penalty. Trent didn't deviate the ball. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know, but moved. that's Ned's... That's Ned's reasoning for why it's not a penalty. So then McLaren leaves his leg, so basically he deviates his leg away from where it will be naturally, naturally yeah, but the and then thing he gets is, the pen. All the good forwards, when they know they've just beaten the man that they're trying to get past, as soon as they get that half yard past them, they'll cut back in front. Mm. Either yeah. to stop the person chasing them yeah. or to get the foul. Or, and yeah. yellow card. Yeah, so mm. I don't or see anything wrong red. with that. Mm. Referees, I tell you. Anyway, right. Um, Saturday, victory Jets, victory getting up 2 0. No surprise this year. Rojas against Newcastle again. Very good viewing for us. Mm-hmm. Jets have got an injury crisis as well. They they do. I think Kalut was injured in this. Um, and Nordstrand. Yeah. Nordstrand and went down, yep. And, um, they, and they didn't come off or anything, but they just played like Kalut was walking. 
Yeah. Wayne Brown was trash. He scored, though. He did. That was amazing. Yeah. Other than that, he really wasn't in the game because there was a tackle, or it was only Bazanic sticking his foot on top of a ball that Clute tried to kick and obviously got some studs in the top of the foot. And after that, Clute was terrible. Yeah. Well, well done, Ollie. Well done. At what point do the Jets coaching staff need to look at why they're getting so many injuries? Well, the Clute one. Point. Round one? Surely, like. The Clute I think one it's probably really about six or seven first team players that are out now with injury. It's hard to fault them, though, too much, isn't it? I mean, look at Coco. He's got he's got to bing his head into his jaw. We've got... Um, I know, yeah, I'm, one of I'm them's so, ACL I'm so as glad well. Binger's got there because he would have scored otherwise. I think he would have too. Mm. <laughs> the Naboot one, though, is, is muscular, I think, isn't it? Um, so they do have a few injuries. Who's there. their strength and conditioning coach? What? what? No idea. Right? No idea. Why would we know that? <laughs> Who cares? Just ask it used to be a sprint coach from Mingara. It was oh, Carl no. Dodd, but now he's in Brisbane. It's probably that guy. What's his name? Who wears the um, the nice? Well, suit. if we're talking about like muscular injuries, like that's. Do you want me to look it up about. for you, mate? No, I don't. I don't care. That you don't much. care? Okay, cool. <laughs> didn't even, the, Let's move didn't on. Didn't their strength suggest. and conditioning coach perform in, in uh, halftime entertainment at one of our matches recently? Why? <laughs> Should be here, but he's jump, <laughs> jump, jump, <laughs> run. <laughs> no, right, Sydney, Adelaide, Gwendolyn's finest. Sydney, Adelaide, nil all. Yeah, nil nil. I think it was the first nil nil of the season. Yeah, in eight rounds, which and is pretty funny. Mm. I thought Adelaide did well pushing uh, Sydney. If anyone was to win it, it would would have been Adelaide for sure. They had a clear tactic to bomb Grant and whoever played left back for Sydney, and it, and it, Zulo. To be honest, it worked. It kept their fullbacks back, which has been where they've done a lot of damage. So. That seemed to confuse Sydney, and they didn't seem to really know what to do after that. So Adelaide, you know, just sort of game just pointed out into a draw. I enjoyed watching uh, Sydney struggle. Yeah, it they was good. They, it wasn't that they were so terrible in any aspect; they just weren't good. And then the few chances that they had, they didn't take. And Holos- was it Holosko had a pretty decent chance and put it way way wide from yep. eighteen yards out. Still yep. putting question if marks. He was so playing, if he was playing against us, he would have scored that. Another dreadful player, Bobo. He was. Uh, I told you, I said a week or two Dreadful's ago, being I'm harsh. starting to think he's drivel. He was, he was not... He, he, he doesn't look very interested in playing. I, mean, I reckon in his mind, he's thinking A-League's a step down for him. And he's probably on some good money too. Oh, absolutely. Rightio, uh, City against Wellington, 2-1. Oh, the referee in this game was horrible. We're going to talk pens again, aren't we? I didn't get to watch it, so you guys have to fill me in. Okay, so what was it? City had seventeen fouls, and there was, and the referee issued them no yellow cards. Phoenix had sixteen fouls, and they had three or four yellow cards. I think they had six. Yeah, six. That's all right. Six yellow cards. That's just nuts. That seems fair. Even being sarcastic. Of even Brand, Brand was it Brandon or someone kept fouling Finkler and never got a yellow, and then one of the Wellington defenders comes in and chops down Brandon. Thank God he deserved it and got a yellow. So even if you don't watch the game, you look at that and go, "How is that even possible?" Yeah, I know. Even if it's not, even if it's not the same person, they should they should just be carded for persistent bloody fouling. Like it's just Finkler, Finkler got hacked all game. Yeah, which t- to some extent is enjoyable, but um, it's maybe Fitzgerald little, got maybe lucky with his unfair. goal. He did get took a deflection, lucky, and the commentators fapped on about it as come usual. On, come on, boys! What about penalties? Eh? There were no penalties in this game. What a load of bollocks. <laughs> there were no pens. Huh? Well, you think both of the no pens, pens shouldn't have been? Costa Barbarousas. A finger touched him. They talked about jersey grabbing. 
Now, where was Ned Zelich on this one? Talk about going down easily. Probably snorting coke. Crikey. With bods on. I'd watch Shootout if they just snorted coke the whole time. You fucking idiot. Franich puts an arm across. Barbarushish touches the arm and falls down. Barbarushish? Barbarushish. He touches the arm and falls down. That's the definition of going down easily. No pen. As for the other penalty, Fornaroli and uh, whoever it was, Rossi, was it? They were doing the same thing, weren't they? Yeah, they they were just pulling each other's shirts a bit, but nothing in that. You've had a two-all draw the other day against the Jets. Very good call. Good game. It was was a good good game, game. actually. Very good game. Uh, We came from behind twice, so that's a pretty good result. Um, the, boys. the highlight for me was um, Halidi looking back at Luke for a sledge. <laughs> that was funny. He, was, he, was, he looked back what at was him the and sledge? he was trying to look in the crowd for him. Uh, he was running down the wing and then he called for the ball and then the guy tried to pass it to him and then one of our boys got in between them and then he just sort of stood there and was like, what the hell was that? And then I was like, come on, Labby, you called for it. What are you doing? And then he had no idea where it came from and then he ran back down the line and for about five solid seconds he spun around and was... Looking trying at trying to work out where yeah. it came oh, from. So I gave him a wave. So I don't know. Hey, well. beautiful. Yeah. And then he came off about three <laughs> seconds later. So, hey, well, we didn't get to give him any. And he walked off the other way last week. He, he, so, wa- he walked off the other way to the shed. So he's obviously scared of you. Yeah, I thought he was going to definitely come down and say something. Hey, the low light was <clears> that, that um, we got the shit burn out of us. Oh my god. Oh yes. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm still I'm not as so red as I was. Oh, two red arms. Saturday night, I had to put aloe vera on my arms and my face. <laughs> I was, was so bright sunburned. red Saturday. It was <laughs> shocking. Look at my shirt tan. It's lovely. Yeah, mine's like that. Tan. Good roll up, though. Yeah, I got shot. Yeah. I'm quite lucky. I got home on Saturday. Dark to begin with. I got home on Saturday and I, was, I went, oh, shit. It red raw. It wasn't good. No. Red raw. You can still see it on my face. Can you still see the sunburn yeah, on my yeah. face? You know, and my nose, red. and my your nose is peeling. Your forehead's still red. Yeah, because we're looking at the sun. We're looking at the sun for two hours yeah. as well. Not good. But yeah, it was Worth a very it, good. Mark. Was a very good turn up. Charlesworth. There was a lot of people there, mate. We need a grandstand with a roof. Please, right. please build it. Just ASAP. something to shelter us. And from I want uh, Charlesworth. You need to uh, put five hundred grand in my account. <laughs> Charlesworth, <laughs> can you send us some sunscreen? <laughs> On car fresheners hanging from the roof of the grandstand, so when the searage comes over, oh yeah, it doesn't sting. It does, well, it uh, does tend to smell. Actually, sizzle all the time, so well, the sizzle gets out the that smell. That's also a low light. Actually, I can never. <coughs> if I think that the sausage, are oh, you talking about brown sandwich? The Central Coast oh is central yeah, sewerage. No, I'm going to say that when I when I'm thinking about a sausage hanger at the youth game. If I think there's a suggestion that a fly may have landed on that, then my, I'm very oh. concerned about where that fly last landed. I had flies all over mm. my bloody second sandwich. Well, I can tell you where those flies last landed. They, double they, double they, parked it. Now you've got me paranoid. It's best not to think about it too much. Um, it was a very good game, though, and a very good roll-up. There was a fair few people there. Um, Poscolero started uh, well. in centre-back and scored. Um, Pierce has been on fire too Pierce is He's on fire at the moment Pulled off some great one-on-one saves Yeah Smashed the crap out of Posco Yeah, he did um, <laughs> Posco's goal The Jets goalkeeper Stuffed up yeah. massively um, It sort of like bounced in front of him And he's like sort of like I don't know. To catch it and flap that And it's just yeah. through it his ended up in the in. Somehow ended up in the Top left-hand corner I don't know how, how it happened But um, then, then the Jets came back and they had a pretty good squad too. They had Leroy Jenkins was his name. Yeah. Leroy. They had um, Gen- Leroy Jennings. Apparently, he's a cousin of um, rugby league. Oh, he is too. He is a cousin of Michael Jennings. Michael of Jennings, the yeah, rugby league player. Yeah. Um, if we didn't have 
a fair few good right mids, I'd say sign him up. I think he was my star player. Really? End of the match, yeah. He, was on, he, tore, our, he tore our right back. Uh, sorry, our left back to shreds. Mm. Was that the uh, guy that kept running it widey? Yeah, widey, yeah. yeah. He, he beat three of us in one go oh, and then the passed it in goal. for a goal. Yeah. That goal, yeah. Yeah, so they had Halidi, Pavasevic and Mitch Cooper. Yep. In their starting lineup, so that's now, a pretty good result for us. Our player was just Posco. Just Posco. Yeah. He's only just come back from injury, really. So, um, And then I'm going to stuff this name up probably, but Mortaza Safdari scored a cracker in the 82nd minute. I'll give you an minute. 8 out of 10 for that one. I think that's right. Um, he came off the bench and played really well, scored a cracker in the 82nd minute it's to level it up. And um, It's not the sickest. Yeah. It was a pretty What's sort the of sickest Aaron Morrow. Is it? Well, I, I, um, there was a few introductions down there on the weekend, and uh, well, they introduce fella. introduce players like their Bruce Buffer. No, not quite. It's just a little bit of you know informal <laughs> informal introductions, and we've got a young fella in our team. Boyce, you'd be able to tell us what his surname is, but I know his first name because he introduced himself as Maccus, but his name is Yerisa Maccus, I reckon. I think the it's pretty boys, close. Yeah. The boys were ribbing him about telling me his full name. Rather I think it's than close. Maccus. I think he's Greek. Can't think what he's. Surname was, but yeah, Yerisamakis. I reckon as a Christian name, that's the that, as a first name. All that's right. the. Can you do me a favour? Can you move your mic up a bit? Because you're really quiet. Can you turn it off? No. I'm not going to bother right. editing this out. It's just people like this. In Hello. That's better. Thank you. Right. Um, all good, all now, can you start again with all the stuff? Yeah. Put it on your mouth. <laughs> Yerisamakis. It's that's the that's the um, sickest name in the team for sure. Yeah, definitely. And Peterson didn't play because he had concussion from the week before. So sad to see him not play because yeah, got we enjoy watching him play. Kicked in the head against the Wanderers. So, and we also met uh, Reese Papadimitrios's mum. I hope I said that right. Oh, she listens. And Hello. She listens. Hello, Mrs. Papadimitrios. Shout out to Reese's mum. Very nice to um, meet you. Her son is a very good footballer as well. Going well. You brown nose, you. <laughs> He's good. I told her on the weekend. He's good. Got a Did right foot on him? him. Got a right foot on him, for sure. Okay, we're joined by Paolo this week. How are you, mate? Good, thank you, guys. That's good. Right, we're just going to jump straight in. Um, so we had our first clean sheet on Thursday for 37 games, second win for the season, and it, honestly, it feels like we're turning things around. Um, were you happy with the performance uh, against Perth, and is there anything you can you think we can improve on? Yeah, look, delighted with the performance, uh, above all, because uh, um, you know we had a derby only four days beforehand, and uh, you never know how... Our people are going to recover in time and, uh, and 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 get back up for a, a home game where we we thought uh, leading up to that if we could if we could find some energy or if we had energy we, we were in in with a real chance of winning it so um, you know we looked at, at at the loading of the players and and, and and sort of identified where we needed to freshen things up and 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 we managed to do that and and, and I think everyone saw. Um, you know that we were up for it, and and, and and you know there was intensity, and, and you know a real intent to you know to take the game to Perth and and, and get the three points. So from from that point, you know, delighted. I, I still think uh, maybe it's more of a mental thing uh, that you know once we take the lead, it's almost like, geez, wow, we're we're in front, and what do we do now? Because um, there was a period in that second half against Perth 
very much like uh, the derby game against Newcastle where we sort of went into our shell a little bit and, and forgot to keep doing the things that got us in front. So, you know, keeping the ball, moving the ball, um, you know, pressing when we don't have it and, 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 and that sort of, um, you know, from my part, I felt that, you know, we sort of let them in the game a little bit. Uh, we got the second goal and, and, and that, that more has killed the game off and, and then we went on and, and, and maybe could have scored one or two more. So uh, there are always things to improve on, but you know, if you'd have asked me after round eight, would we, would we be sitting in the top six on nine points, um, you know, two wins and, and performing like we have so far this season? I, I, you know, I hope that, we, that that would be the case, but you, know, you sort of, you know, going on, on, on the demons of what everyone was sort of living after last season, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure it was possible, but you know, credit to everyone, you know, everyone at the club and, and staff and players, um, you know, the work that's been put in and, 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 you know, there's that real hunger to, uh, um, you know, to have the people saying good things about the Mariners once again. Um, are you happy with the progress that the squad's making at this stage, uh, especially in regards to the playing style? Obviously, it was almost brand new um, when you got here in pre-season with, uh, with sort of a month before the season started and it, it was new for a lot of young players as well. Are you happy with where they're at in that regard? Yeah, very happy. Look, I think early on we, we were maybe guilty a little bit of, um, I wouldn't say negative, um, but maybe we were just a little bit apprehensive of, uh, because I introduced this possession-based style and you know, very insistent on it that we have the ball, the ball is ours and, and, and we need to make the opposition run and then dominate teams. So that maybe in, in one or two games it was um, you know, we, we, we didn't have enough courage to play the ball forward um, and, and maybe people were a little bit afraid to, to lose the ball. And, and uh, I think we've, we've, we've improved on that. Um, we're, we're now playing with one six and two attacking midfielders. I, I, I initially was uh, reluctant to, uh, uh, you know, certainly early on at the start, to, to move away from, you know, two holding midfielders and, and a number 10. Um, but after the, the Wellington game, I just felt that we were lacking a little bit of connection between between the lines. And you know, with having such an aggressive playing style, and if you want to dominate possession, you need to be able to connect. And I just felt that we, we weren't managing to do that with the amount of position we had. So, um, you know, moving to one holding midfielder, which is a six and two attacking midfielder, I just think that it just makes us a little bit more fluent and gives us more options when we have possession, which... Um, yeah, which is important if, if you want to maximise uh, you know, the, the time you have with the ball and, and be really dangerous in the front third. How are we looking at uh, re-signing players? Uh, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we re-signed Liam Rose, which is very good. Um, guys like uh, Trent, uh, Bingers, Rue and Posca are all, I think, fan favourites, and we've seen rumours that Trent is uh, being headhunted by a few clubs. How important is it that we, we hold on to these young players, especially Trent, who is a local? Yeah, look, it's very, very important. Um, I'd, I'd be disappointed if, if Trent thought that, uh, you know, his development is best somewhere else. Um, I'm not too sure many teams around the country that would have had, uh, I think, eight of our starting one, seven of our starting lineup. No, sorry, eight from our starting lineup on Thursday under the age of 23. So, um, you know, I'm quite confident that Trent will will, uh, will want to stay at the club. Um, you know, we have a number of players off contract, and right now it's 
a bit of a waiting game to see what's going to happen with the new TV deal and, and, and what sort of money is going to be available to clubs to spend under the salary cap. Uh, but you know, certainly, uh, yeah, we will we will start to uh, to have a, a look at that, and and and, and yeah, you know, we want to lock in players who um, certainly have that potential to um, you know to be real A League players for Central Coast Mariners. Now you mentioned the TV deal; um, it is stalling a lot of new signings and and, and re-signings, as you say. Uh, is there any chance of any movement in January? We've got a lot of people asking about that. And do you do you think that that can help us in January? Is there anything else you think that you can do with the current squad you've got that'll help it improve? Yeah, look, uh, we uh, I think we have one spot left, um, and uh, we unless players decide to move on, then uh, with with our roster we're we're, we're full, so um, it's it's impossible to uh, to to do anything. Um, and look, I think everyone wants to wants to you know, try and improve your squad. And, and I did say at the start of the season that um, I was going to give everybody an opportunity to to um, to show that they're you know, first of all they're an A League player and, and they're a player that, that fits into the playing style of of uh, you know of the team. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy to to be working with these players. Um, so, yeah, right now it's it's, uh, it's difficult to uh, to be able to say it, but you know, there's always movement in January, and um, you know there, there are a few players that haven't uh, haven't had an opportunity and and may decide to uh, to move on uh, once the transfer window uh, does open, and you know should that happen, then it may free up a spot and free up some money to uh, to bring other people in. Otherwise. Uh, you know, we move forward with this with the squad till the end of the season, and um, and you know, I'm I'm happy with that, and I I, I believe in in everyone that we have uh, in the squad. So yeah, look, I think we've got real competition for for places. Um, so as a coach, I think that's the only thing that's probably you know the the minimum that you want that you can ask for, and and, and we have that at the moment, which is uh, which is real positive. Paul. Just to touch briefly on uh, uh, your relationship with the officials, at a recent uh, press conference you indicated that as a new coach you'd been told by the powers that be that uh, decisions that don't go your way tend to even themselves out. Um, We had a couple of possible penalty calls and an offside goal on Thursday night, uh, just from the fans' opinion, that is. They were nailed on. (laughs) Do you think you're seeing any of this uh, evening out yet? Yeah, look, it was real disappointing the other night... Um, you know, we, you know, we just we we feel that you know certainly the the you know the tackle on, on Trent you, there's there's you know, you'd hope or you'd like to think that you know, being in front of goal um, you know, the home side that you know something like that's going to go in your favour not that you know, referees give penalties to home teams just for the sake of it but. Um, no, they don't give penalties to goal. City and Sydney. We know that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Roy's Roy's goal. Though, if you look at the the lead up to Roy's goal, I don't think you would have seen a goal in the A League this season. You know, the, the movement, the 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 short passing, the first time passing between Tavares and I think Trent, and then the ball into Roy. And look, 
it deserved, you know, both deserved uh, goals because of the, you know, the build-up play to it, and then, and yeah, look, I, I just hope at some stage that that that, um, that, that cliche where it's you know, supposed to even itself up does happen because we certainly do feel that we've um, that we we easily could could have, you know, three, four, five points more, you know, had some of these some of these decisions gone our way. Definitely, that's how it looks. And, and Sean alluded uh, during a, a quick interview with yourself at the pre-game function uh, last Thursday that you had had some contact with the FFA about referees. Is there anything you can elaborate about uh, in those conversations? Yeah, look, I did uh, speak to Ben Wilson, who's the, the head of the referees, and it was it was a good chat. Um, yeah, obviously, I was uh, you know upset after the you know the Liam Rose incident and. and you know, only only the night before, uh, you know, Ryan Graham grabs Corey Brown by the throat and, and is not yellow carded for that. Um, and then uh, we know what happened with his challenge on Jamie McLaren, where everyone thought it was a second yellow. And you know, Liam gen- generally goes for the ball. He sticks out his leg, and the ball hits his arm, and and we're down to ten men. And so yeah, they're, 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 uh, he assures us that you know, it's down to the interpretation, you know, some go your way, some don't, um, you know, there's, they're, they're trying to, uh, work, you know, iron out these these decisions that um, that may affect games, but, you know, look, I think everyone's in the same boat, you're all trying to, uh, you know, to fight for what you think is right for your football team, for your football club, and uh, and you know, I do understand the referees have a, have a difficult job because, um at some stage, they have to they have to disappoint, you know, one one of the two teams that are playing. Um, but you know, when decisions are you know, like what we had against the Wanderers, where the handball is so blatant, and the only two people in the stadium that don't see it are the referee and linesman, um, you know, that's disappointing because it happens ten meters away from them, and yeah. uh, the excuse saw the positioning and they couldn't see it well. Then that means that. You know they weren't in the right position, and, and then you start exactly to ask right. questions there. But, <laughs> but you know, that's afterwards, and, and you can discuss it as much as you like. The fact is that uh, we didn't get the penalty, and 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 we probably you know lose two points there. So um, yeah, we just we we can't focus too much on that. We just we just need to we just need to you know, continue what we're doing, and and yeah, the positive thing is is that we're getting into those areas where. We're forcing those sort of, um, you know, situations where a team handballs it or a team is fouling us inside the box. So it's all positive, and um, yeah, I just hope that, you know, sooner or later one of these decisions goes our way. Now, some fans seem to get a bit frustrated when the back four and the pass it back to the keeper. Uh, what what should fans look uh, to see from a Paul Ocon prepared team and game plan? A couple of examples I can see is, um, you know, possession football. And some interesting set pieces, such as like short corners and that sort of thing. Can you explain sort of what to look for and, and why why we pass it back to the keeper like we do? Yeah, well, the, the, the passing back to the keeper is it's not in our eyes, in my eyes, it's not a goalkeeper. It's he's a field player once we have the ball and we're in possession. Oh, um, thank God! So yeah. he becomes <laughs> he becomes. He, he, and we, and we encourage Paul, Ivan, all of our goalkeepers to play as much as possible, you know, on the edge of their box with their feet, 
Um, so it's the ball isn't going back as far as what it is. Um, but that's that's a confidence thing, and that's new to all of the goalkeepers, and, and they're learning and managing that uh, better all the time. And it's you know sometimes it sometimes it's not needed, but you know, it, it's it, it happens it happens fast, and players need to make decisions. And, and, and um, you know certainly when we're when we're in front, and we've seen that in the last two games, you know, the easy option has been for the players under any sort of pressure is to pass the ball back to the goalkeeper. We prefer that, you know, the back four just drops off five or ten metres and, and is more braver in, in wanting the responsibility of of them keeping the ball and going out the other way through one of our fullbacks, you know, breaking the next line. So I can understand that sometimes there's probably a little bit of frustration, but you, you can't have it all. You, you can't introduce a new style and and, and and that's you know a component of it as part of keeping the ball that it's that all the time it's going to be you know it's going to be perfect so well I can um, tell you the four guys to... in this room can understand it it's just we all understand the use of the goalkeeper and keeping possession it's just like yeah. so I'm trying to explain it to the fringe fans who <laughs> with the the typical oh why do we pass yeah, to the keeper that, that's not, am... that's not how it goes yeah yeah and I understand that and sometimes sometimes myself from the bench I ask the same question um, it's it's just identifying and the decision making of when and, and when it's not necessary, and that's and that's what I'm saying. That's the that's the difficult thing when you're under pressure in a game. Is the you know the top players around the world they make better decisions, um, yeah. and so we just need to we just need to keep backing them to keep you know asking them to to make better decisions, and then um, you know as they get more experience in, in those situations. Will they execute it, you know, better? We, if you look at our um, our back four the other night, uh, Scotty Galloway's a 95, 21. Liam, uh, sorry, Jake McGinn's a 94. He's 22. Harry Ashcroft's a 95. He's 21. Storm Bruce, a 93. He's 26. So, no, Paul Izzo's a 95. He's 21 years of age. I, I, you know, they have a little bit of inexperience in them at that level, so... Uh, we just need to be patient and and and, uh, and just continue to encourage. So after eight rounds, uh, you obviously had a very small preseason. Uh, how have you found the transition from the young Socceroos set up into club management? And has there been any um, big challenges that you may have not seen coming? No, look, the challenges are the same. Yeah, obviously there's more there's more work into this because it's every day, but. You know, football's football, and 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 you're always trying to you know do things better. I'm always looking at ways of improving the team. Um, you know, I'm really enjoying seeing the players every day. Um, you know, working in, in national teams means that it's you know it's sporadic. It can be. You know, I didn't see uh, the, the young soccer boys this year for nine months, and that was really frustrating for me because I just I felt that it. I was I was losing time on trying to develop the players and, and becoming a better coach myself. So I'm really enjoying working every day and, and, and seeing the improvement and, and you know just challenging myself and all of the staff to just find ways of doing things better. And, and, and I think that's what we're doing, and, and that's important as a football club that that you know we have people that um, you know that want to do that that, that are continually trying to. Uh, you know, raise the bar and raise the level, and you know, better standard. And ultimately, that's gonna that's gonna um, get results and improve the football club and 
and put it in a, in a better position uh, moving forward. Um, I think a lot of fans uh, have been impressed by Paul Izzo. Um, we asked Nashi about this last week, uh, but how have you seen Paul Izzo's uh, form this season? Well, I know Paul Izzo because I took him to the 2013 World Cup as the youngest goalkeeper. So yeah, I've been working with Paul for, for a number of years now. And uh, look, I I didn't actually realise it until I joined the club. You know, of some of the the issues regarding uh, opinions on Paul from last season. But, you know, what I will say is that if you're going to uh, allow your goalkeeper to be confronted 50 times in a football game by the opposition, he's going to make mistakes whether he's the best goalkeeper in the world or he's Paul Izzo. So one of the things when I started was how are we going to minimise our goalkeepers coming into those situations where they're going to have to make big decisions, where they're going to most likely make mistakes and it's going to happen over and over and over. So that meant as a team, as a unit, um, we needed to defend higher up the field. We needed to make sure that uh, defensively we were sound and we wanted to minimise our goalkeepers' work in those dangerous situations, and I think we've managed to do that. Uh, so you, you, we will not concede 70 goals this season, so our goalkeepers are not going to be confronted with that many dangerous situations. And, and, you know, apart from the chance, I think, that Castro put Chris Harold through on uh, Thursday night, Paul really didn't have to make a save in the game. He had to do bits and pieces, you know, one or two crosses, which that's why your goalkeeper's there. Um, and we keep a clean sheet. So, and Paul gets applauded, which is great because he deserves it. He's 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 worked hard and he's he's working on, you know, not having those little brain snap moments where uh, he feels he's got to you know come out and do something uh, crazy or do something, uh, um, you know, to to come up with the big saves. It's now about making sure that defensively we're we're sound. Paul's. Uh, or Ivan or whoever's in goal knows that uh, he's not going to have that in his mind where he's going to have to have, um, you know, he's going to have the opposition in front of him 40 times trying to score goals. Paul, we've heard you mention how important fan involvement is. We've even uh, experienced a little bit of engagement directly ourselves after Thursday night's match and after the derby. Um, in particular, in these last two games, uh, can you give us a few of your thoughts about uh, how important the fans have been in those? Yeah, look, I, I said it from day one that, that you know, people ask, you know, how important are they? Um, well, they're, they're, they're just as important as, as the players that run out on the field because ultimately, um, you know, without that support, it's very difficult to get people up the game to motivate people. Um, it's human nature. It's this. Now, we saw on Thursday night that, you know, had the game been played on the weekend, maybe there would have been more than 5,000, but the, the noise and, and, and the excitement that the fans had, I think, pushed the players. Just that, that extra. Um, and I did say that, that we're going to be a, an exciting team. We're going to play dynamic football. We're going to try to do that anyway. Um... We, we're going to, from the first one, we want to win the football game. We're going to have a Whether or not that happens is, you know, there's a, there's a lot that, that happens in between. 
Um, but the intention is going to be there. And I just think certainly the last two games, uh, you know, the support has been, you know, when the players come out to warm up in Newcastle and you saw, uh, you know, five, six hundred odd of, you know, odd supporters with the yellow jersey as a player, it sends a message to you, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've got to be up for this game. I've, I've got to run, I've got to work hard, I've got to fight, I've got to, you know, I've, I've got to just do that little bit extra. And Thursday night was an example and, you know, hopefully Saturday, you know, we get real, real good support and we're going to have the same what it's had in the last two games. Paul, are you right? You sound like you're in a hurricane. Oh, no, it's just a little bit of wind, that's all. Oh. <laughs> as long as you're okay. We're just a little bit worried about it. There's, there's yeah, tablets right. for that. <laughs> right. Um, how are the plans coming along for the uh, West Sydney game on Saturday? Yeah, good. Uh, we had a you know really solid session today. Um, yeah, we worked really, really hard, and uh, um, yeah, we, we, we did a little bit, of, little bit of tactical work, not too much. Um, we'll, we'll focus... On that uh, Thursday, and and we'll freshen up and and, and be ready for a game that, uh, you know, again we're 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 going for three points. Um, we're not we're not too interested in in the latter at the moment. Um, yeah, we know that if you're sitting sitting in the top six now, it doesn't mean you're going to be there in, you know next week or in a couple of weeks or at the end of the season. It's about it's about just you know chipping away, working hard. Trying to win football games, and then you know, come the end of the season, the latter will will look at us <laughs> uh, in the most honest way it can, and tell us whether or not you know, we've been good enough to uh, you know, to play finals football. Have we got any um, injuries carrying over from last weekend? Um, no, everyone sort of seems to to look okay. Um, we'll probably have everyone. Training on on Thursday, um, so look if there's anyone that's not 100, percent we won't we won't be risking uh, players certainly uh, this early on in the season. I know it's round nine, but it's still early, and you know in a game in a game like that on Saturday, you, you, we can't have anyone out there who's not 150 percent fit. Uh, we need we need people that are that are moving, and, and, and we need people that that uh, you know that physically can execute the game the game style and the playing style. So. Uh, there will be no no, uh, no risk taken there, and whoever's selected, I'm sure, is going to be uh, physically and mentally you know, ready for it. Uh, thank you for joining us this week, Paul. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for being on. No, all good, boys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Appreciate mate. Sunday, you... On Saturday. Look forward to it. See you there. Bye. There's no um, stupid things this week. It's funny what happens when we win. <laughs> um, we saw a couple of trolls or people like fishing, but um, yeah, nothing stupid really, was there? No. Actually, we did have, um, I don't know whether to name the company or not. Let's just say they're a fruit-based company business. The um, owner of that yelled at our mate, Mr. Hunt, in the bay. Gave him a good serving. So did a few other people, actually. Might have been necessary. Yeah. So, 
from reports, he was yelling at everyone else in the bay, telling them that they're not supporting the team and blah, blah, blah. And he was trying to start Mariners, clap, clap, clap. And everyone told him to um, go suck on a soft one, I think. Well, well. At least he wasn't they told him. They told him to shut the front door is what they did. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't drive up? No. Yeah. Go oh, well. fuck off to your driving lessons, you prick. <laughs> you couldn't drive a greasy <laughs> stick up Anyway, do you reckon he yells at kids when they're driving? Like, the f- it's the first time like some fifteen-year-old kids are driven. And he's like yelling at them, "Get out of the way!" Yeah, I said left. There's a car coming. <laughs> he swears that the uh, the amber lights and the traffic lights are blue. <laughs> anyway, fucking run it, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> We've always they've always been blue. Those yeah, lights. yeah. The <laughs> home home kits always been Never blue. yellow. No, <laughs> always no. navy. Yeah, always navy. No, yeah, Josh is just pointed to a kit. That's an away kit. Navy, damn it. But um, our good mate thinks that's a home kit. Because we're in a different room this week because we got kicked out. Yeah. There was some... Um, safe driving bozos. Was safe driving? There, was, there were sandwiches was. in there and we weren't invited. It was probably him. We How love sandwiches. We, loves, we love sandwiches. Yeah. This, this room's small and we can't get the aircon to turn back on. It's freaking hot. Yeah. But there is, there is a Wilco and a Kosnick jersey on the wall frame, so that's okay. Oh, no, this is this is the room where um, players come to sign stuff. So is if it? you give yeah, if you give the club something to sign, they'll leave it here, and the players will come in and sign. There's heaps of grass over here. Ah, uh, oh, from the boots. Yeah, dirty players. Just filthy bloody. So so if we got a piece of paper and sat it on the table here, and a lead pencil, and rubbed the lead pencil across, we'd probably see the secrets of. I'm just going to mute your mic. We're going right. to see, see the outline so of uh, Liam Rose's contract. <laughs> <laughs> All right, previews. First up, <laughs> turn that music off. Um, FFA Cup, City, Sydney. Oh. Mm. Apparently there's already 20,000 plus tickets sold, which, which is, is uh, what happens when you make the prices actually affordable. Yeah, last year was a disgrace. It was ridiculous. It's, I don't want either of them to win. No, never do I. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for City just because I don't want Sydney to win, not because I necessarily want them to. I win. don't, I don't want City to win because I love chanting at them. You've got no history. If man. City win, I reckon it's gonna be renamed the FFA Cahill Cup, the CFG Cup. The only thing that I'm wanting out of it is like extra time and pens. <clears throat> after yeah. that, I'm after that, I'm like, eh. Sydney, I don't want to win because they. The title drought is over. City, I don't want to win because I like chanting. You've got no history at them away. <laughs> so it's it's it, I, I can't I can't choose between it. I'm I'm saying City just because of home advantage, but that's it. Mm. Yeah, if I had to pick the lesser of two evils, I would say City to win. Yeah, are you, are you recording these tips? Or? I'll put up with City winning because okay. Well, this is what's happening. Mora's doing the tips now, mate. So how we okay? We'll deviate and go to the tips. How we going, mate? Uh, well, at this stage, after eight rounds, we've got on top of the comp is Joshua on 17. Always on top. Round of applause for Josh. Second, in equal second, actually, is Aaron and Jimmy, both of whom are on 14 points. And Luke is not quite bringing up the rear on 10 points, although his absences have led to him receiving the away teams. He's the 15-16 Mariners. And right just for the record, <laughs> Sean and Michelle have both <coughs> uh, given some tips on this show, and so they have one each. Okay, so how many games are eight rounds? There's five games in each round, correct? That's 40. Five eights. <laughs> so thir- minus the um, Wellington City game. Mm-hmm. 
Victory. Wellington Victory. Oh, sorry, Wellington Victory. So it's 39. So we've only got 14 out of 39 right. Not good, is it? I've no. Got, I've, got, I've got almost half right, so screw yourself. This is why we are not experts. And you're going decent too, Josh. Especially yourself. Um, because I would say <laughs> Jimmy and Josh both got um, four this week. With uh, they, t- they tipped us, of course. We're playing tip, ourselves tip, in. Tip the draw in the Western Sydney-Brisbane game, victory and um, City. We're in the we're, we're in the form. Not bad. Actually, we should Getting take out form. our games, shouldn't we? Surely. We're tipping us. Always us. We always yeah, tip but, us as the default. But that's that's 40 games when if it was only four games per round... That'd be 32. What? Nothing can make us look better. There's way too many numbers floating around right now. Exactly. Let's I, just I've failed year nine math, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Righto. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are we but counting the, the FFA the Cup tipping, or not? I think that we've, are we counting the FFA Cup? Are we happy to count no, the FFA Cup? No. Nah. It's a different competition. All Skip right, that fine, shit. But I'm tipping City anyway. Yeah, City. Yeah. Right. Friday night. Victory against Perth. Oof. Victory should probably win. I'm going to go Victory. I think they've looked... They looked really good last weekend. I think Perth have got a few issues off the pitch, just quietly. I did hear somewhere that there is Liam some issues. Ready. Liam Reddy. Oh, well, yeah, maybe that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't actually yeah, involve I'm, him for once, <clears> but um, down his victory, a mate. few other things. I thought it was it was interesting after the game um, when we went, we walked around the western side and uh, when we walked past the bus... Mm. Um, Andy Keogh was straight out of the room, onto the bus, on his own, headphones on, not looking very happy, and there was no players walking out sort of straight behind him or anything. So I definitely think there's a few egos in that Perth room, uh, Perth dressing room, and they're probably not going as well as what they probably should be. They've struggled to keep a good side on the paddock. Mm, and that, that as well. And I think Victory are coming into some good form. Look great on paper, but um, can't keep it together for any consistent... I was about to say that. They're a good team on paper, but in practice they don't seem to be going very well. Yep, mm. victory easily. Go on the book. Uh, Everyone's victory then. The right. Saturday night, CCM West Sydney. Well, obviously we have to tip us, but... Yeah, but how do you think the game's going to go? Oh. It feels like we played them only yesterday. Yeah, I know. Wonder, it's stupid. Wonder if the way it was fun, though. It's stupid. I hate this draw. Like, we, we still haven't played either Melbourne side... But no. now we've played Perth and Wanderers twice. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. The draw is so weird. It's a good time for us, though, to take them on. They're, what's that? I said last week they couldn't possibly get four draws in a row at uh, Spotless, and they did. Good call, Murray. Mm. I, I think so I caught a draw, didn't I? Yeah, I think, I think both yeah, you course, and Josh both tipped a draw <coughs> in that game right, and uh, did well, too. You know what? I, I might go, oh, we can't tip a draw, but I think it's going to be a draw. I think same thing, same thing that happened when we played them uh, before, like again with them against Brisbane on the weekend. They created a lot of chances and they didn't score. I hope this is going to be on fire this week. This week isn't going to be one. I hope this isn't the week where they They do finally get the net. Well, they've had eight weeks to have that happen already and Mm. it hasn't yet. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. So let us hope that it's not this week. Well, yeah. Butters hasn't been the sorry. Nichols hasn't been the best, has he? No, Nichols hasn't been great. Bullet's been pretty shit. I, I can see Bullet missing the squad. Yeah, Jumpy's been up and down. Yes, he scored last week, but before that, it was a tap in. Anyone could have done that. Yeah. Um. So it, it'll be interesting. I think, like we said before, consistency for us is going to be the big challenge now. So I think if we get three points in this game, it'll be massive. We're in the business of bumping records at the moment, aren't we? we we'd, have, we'd have to we'd have to look at the look at the records, see when the last time we won two in a row was. Consecutive games, exactly. We want that monkey off our back 
a long time. This weekend would be good. I remember setting a record for that last time that we won mm. two in a row. Mm. So, it's been got, a bit of got a rid of some spell. monkeys last week. Let's get rid of another one this week. What about those other monkeys that got stolen? Are they the monkeys you're talking about? No. I thought you were going to talk about the monkeys running around in his head. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about the Sim- it's a Simpsons reference the one no. when when there's monkeys running around in Homer's head. Oh, I have no. No idea. one, no one gets me. I <laughs> get Simpsons. I don't remember. No, no one gets me. No one gets me at all. That should be your bumper sticker. <laughs> I'm too. I'm too good for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Right, this is the game after hours. City at home against Brisbane. Mm. Will City be a bit tired from FFA City, Cup? Yeah, it, it'd be a cup hangover. It depends, though. It d- depends if it goes to extra time or not. Draw. Yeah, I'm oh, going to go draw as well. Going for the fence. Draw. I think Brisbane aren't great. They Brisbane look crap. Brisbane were not impressive against West Sydney. Yeah, second half against Western Sydney, they were just crap. City um, were not impressive against Wellington. That's also true. I and think they'll, they'll be resting players for this week, though. And they'll have to rest them for next week. But I think the difference is you can be not if they're not impressive and still Why? win, then because they're going to be tired. The poor oh, souls, know. you know, oh, they're playing right. on Wednesday night and you know four days, and plus those guys, they're, they're some of the biggest heads in the league. So you know they're going to want to sit at home and drink sangria. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Kale, that is. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. Yeah, this is a tough one. I think City can do it. Yeah, I'm going to say City. So that was a city draw. Fence. Another fence over draw. there. Draw. Three draws and a city. Going out myself here. Right, Sunday. The Jets. Good music for it. At home against Sydney. <laughs> this is weird because remember the Jets and Sydney have already Haven't played they? this season. Oh, last week. This draw does my head in. <laughs> they played last week. <laughs> Jets had... Feels like we last were, week. They played before us when we played Wanderers away. It was round three. So, well, for some reason, they put Sydney-Newcastle and Mariners-Wanderers at the same time for two two straight times. Sorry, round four. Don't look at me. That's I'd so we're so stupid. They can't do a draw to bloody save and, and it's And it's away as well. So, Sydney have done Newcastle away twice in, what, f- five weeks? If you're going to put in a useless Thursday night in the draw, you've got to have other games in weird slots as well. So, you know, they're just keeping consistent. That's just weird. I'm going to say Sydney. Sydney should do it pretty easy. Too many injuries for the Jets. I don't think they've got... They haven't got much um, depth in their squad. Yes, Newcastle are going to have to start... It's got as much depth as a kiddie pool. Yeah, pretty much. They're going to have to, like, start ringing up uh, members to start playing for them. (laughs) Daniel, get Daniel on the phone. We might give him a call. We've, we've, we've already like looked at Daniel for coach, but do you want to play for us, Matt, as well? If they lose this week, we should say, we're thinking of getting rid of Jones. Do you want to apply again? <laughs> <laughs> and he might do it. Uh, right, last I'm game. going for the draw, just quietly. You, you good? You done? Go for draw. The draw. Right, last game. Adelaide at home against Wellington. Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide at home. They still haven't won, though. No, but I, you know what? I think they're going to start clicking. If they are out. going to win a game, surely it's Wellington at home. Yeah, I'm going to say Adelaide. Adelaide at home, yeah. Morrow, yeah. you awake, mate? Definitely Adelaide. It's 8 o'clock. It's almost past his bedtime. They weren't necessarily good against Sydney on the weekend, but they executed the game plan well enough to get out of there with a point. So I think back home, um, I think they'll start to click. So I'm going to go Adelaide too. Yep, Adelaide. Adelaide. Can't possibly think of a reason to tip Wellington no. in Adelaide. 
No. If it's windy. Wellington, Wellington have always been pretty dodgy away from home. At home, they're pretty decent, but away from home in Australia. They beat us at home. Wasn't technically our home. We provided anyway. the home most like Wellington <laughs> that we possibly <laughs> yes. could. No, I know, with. I know. We gave <laughs> we gave him the pitch and we gave them conditions <clears> as well. Okay, that's it for this week's show. Um, get down the sidelines. They support us, so we're going to go support them and eat their food. And the food is outstanding as well. I'd, we, I'd eat the food, but I'm not currently on a diet, so I can't. <laughs> go on a cheat day. Right, yes. um, trivia is next Wednesday night, which uh, Josh forgot about. Yeah, because you told me that it wasn't on anymore. No, it's on. All right, it's on. Anyway, so you have to go to Eventbrite and buy tickets. Um, just go onto our Facebook page, and if you don't have Facebook, uh, just go to Eventbrite dot com and just look up um, our trivia night. You, you'll find it if you search for it. Just type in sidelines trivia night. So the cost of the ticket includes meal and a, a small donation, and um, buddy Eventbrite do a transaction fee or something. So. Um, yeah, just get down there. We've got Glenn Lauder. Um, we've been putting some questions together. Um, Mariners players are going to be there and lots of stuff. So you're going to have auctions, trivia, you know, raffles, lots of stuff. So get down there. We're going to support uh, Beyond Blue. So should be a good night. Good cause. Um, right. Uh, we did record. I'm just going to say this now. We did record a, a brief history of the active support for Mariners, but it turned into a long history. So we've cut it out of the main <laughs> podcast and we're going to put it after the credits. So if you keep listening, that's what you'll hear. Um, a extended brief history of active support. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Come on, Luke. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good night from me and it's good night from him. Say goodnight, Luke. <laughs> night, Luke. It's not happening no, much, no matter how much you look at me. We just say goodnight. Good night. night. Luke said goodnight. What if you say goodnight? So long, farewell. Don't say goodnight, say goodnight. Goodnight. That means good naked. <laughs> 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 well, since you asked. <laughs> <laughs> and the... There's so many little nuances like good tonight is good night and you got good night, which is good naked. <laughs> well, when I'm in Germany, I know what to say. <sighs> See ya. Just before we get into the, um, the recap of um, the history, I, I, a few years ago I started writing down um, who was originally involved and, and who who came in and who went and what happened over a certain amount of years. And I got a fair bit of information together. Um, I had about a 20-page document of um, stories and recounts and, and information of who did what when. Um, but unfortunately... Um, this got lost, and so what you hear today is just off the top of my head, 
and I do forget names, and I forgot Pete. Uh, you got to mention towards the end, but um, I forgot when you came in. It was just after Coasty Boys, and you do a terrific job, mate, in uh, as capo, and um, couldn't do it without you, mate. So, yeah, um, if I have forgotten you, I apologise. Um, if you know more things about it than I do, get in touch. I'd love to hear stories. I, I might try and get a, a book, not a book, but, you know, some sort of document together, um, just you know, logging the history of, of what we've gone through as a as a supporters group. And, um, yeah, I'd love to do that, and I'd love to share it with you and anyone that's interested in it. Just come up to Basics team, we'll have a chat. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and tell you what I can remember. And I just want to do a shout-out to Fish. Um, I know he probably doesn't listen to this anymore, but um, he was one of the ones that um, started off this whole podcast thing, came to me and said, look, we want to do a podcast. So him and I started it, uh, started doing it, and um, yeah, we don't keep in touch anymore, unfortunately. Um, but he's he's out of all the supporters I've known, he's probably put in the most effort over the years. So um, just give a shout out to him. Um, just after we finished recording uh, last night, we heard news that um, a plane had gone down near Medellin in the hills of Colombia. And Chapecoense lost their um, majority of their team. So um, we're going to have a, a minute's applause, 76 um, minute of our game this weekend. And um, we'd, we'd love if everyone could join in on that too. Um, obviously tragic news and uh, thoughts go out to them. Right, okay, on to um, Mrs. Fred's question. So <laughs> Why don't you just say her name? Because her Twitter handle is Mrs. Fred or something like that. Fred's, Fred's Mrs. Fred's Mrs. Yeah. Fred's owner. Oh, it's not the dark ages, mate. <laughs> right, she's asked um, who started the army, when? The Yellow Army, not just the Australian Army. Yeah, not the Australian Defence Force. Oh, I was about 18.55. Shut up. Um, who makes up the chance? Um, how does the band factor in? Uh, she mentions last week's eventful podcast. Right. So the army um, started. Uh, do you want me to go back all the way, season one? Let's go for a trip down memory lane. Memory lane. All right. We need some, like, you know, really old fashioned music for this. I we can we play some Bavarian music if you want. Bavarian we music. Need, we need, like, a reminiscent. We need, like, reminiscent music. No, nah, I'm not gonna bother. We need the we need the thing the, the Hamish the on park, Hamish and Andy. When Hamish and Andy when Hamish and Andy go back to like a moment, they have that. <laughs> Luke knows what I'm talking about. He listens to Hamish and Andy. Hurry up, mate! We haven't got all day. <laughs> Are we recording a podcast here? How's this? This sound right? It's relaxing piano music. Sounds like doctor surgery the music. Worst. This sounds like something we probably should have played like last <laughs> last <laughs> season when we were going shit. Feeling depressed? How about now? Please turn it off. I started hey, crying. This is four it. hours of peaceful and relaxing instrumental piano music. <laughs> I can't wait. No one ever gets through that. They've necked themselves <laughs> after the first two minutes. <laughs> Are you okay? We we are doing a trivia night. I'm feeling tired. Next week, where the proceeds go to Beyond Blue. 
Is it still? Is it, is it still on? It's still on. <laughs> you, said, yeah, yeah. You, you said it wasn't going to be no, on. No, no, no. It's on. I told you last week it's on. You said you said last week it wasn't. No, no, no. You said it wasn't going to go. No, ahead. no, no. Yes, you did. I said we might need to cancel it. You said we will. No. Anyway. Oh, I know what I heard. Damn it. Well, now that we sold a second ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was me. Oh my god. Right. So after the announcement of um, this music does suck, um, of the club being turn formed, it I'll turn it down. Thank you. Um, okay, a forum started up, ccmfc.proboards.com. You can go check that out if you want. Um, so forum started late 2004. That's where everyone sort of met. Uh, Marinators formed out of that um, before you know season one kicked off. Um, we had shirts made up. For the World Club Challenge that said Marinators on the front. Um, just going to do a quick um, read out of some names of you know people I haven't seen in a long time. Most of them. Um, so Simon Fisher was there. Mick Komet, um, Jeff Hall, who then moved to Adelaide, um, then came back and he's now in Spain, I think. Um, Dave Grunzel, Brett Taylor, Dave Redden, uh, Chris Sacco, Grunter, Rowdy, Golden Boy, Pern Boy, Mr. Celery, Ads, Mitch. These are all forum names. Murphs, um, Amber was known as Miss Canada. I don't know why. I think she was from Canada. Um, Dibbo. Well, I, <laughs> I imagine so. Sam, Matt Farthing, and Tyson. If I've missed anyone, I, I apologise. Um, so, season one, um, I, I started going, but I wasn't, you know, in you know, the main organising group, season one. But I was there around, around about there. We had uh, buses to Queensland. We had the Sporters Club Challenge, which is where we went up and played against uh, the Jets, Sydney, Liverpool, West Ham, all that sort of stuff. Um, we helped out, you know, the massive difference between the fan day back then and now. Um, in season one and two, we were at Mingara. People turned up. People took. We we volunteered and we cooked the barbecue um, on the day. We um, Dynamo Marinators played against um, Locomotive Cove for the Donny Parks Trophy. I, I don't even know where that trophy is now. Probably in the candle bar somewhere or something. At Donnie Park's house? No. <laughs> no, we're, we're the last. I think we retained it last. Um, the last game we played was only a five side. That's how much, you know, down head downhill things went. Um, in the first two seasons, we um, also had a camera tower in Bay 16. And we held up a, um, we used to hang up a banner on that as well. So the camera tower you see behind the um, the scoreboard used to be actually be in our bay, and um, I used to climb up on it. Now, I remember one game we had a um, uh, a beach party, a themed, and everyone bought fl- inflatable toys, and um, Mr. Celery brought a inflatable shark, which we're throwing up in front of the Fox Sports camera. And if you can find that game, you'll actually see a shark come up in front of the camera <laughs> as, as it's recording. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sure they were very happy about that too. Yeah, he was quite pissed. That's we probably was, why they moved to the other when end. We, when we scored, we tended to shake the uh, the scaffolding as well. <laughs> and he was not happy about it. He'd just <laughs> look over and yell at us and she like, Stop, stop shaking. <laughs> um, then towards the end of season two, we found that, you know, I would love to go back and have this amount of people in the bay. There were points of time when we would have two people per seat I shit you not, it was that packed. It got to the point where I remember we were going to have we we wanted to self 
organise our like um, allocated seating. Little did we know, FFA were going to force that on us the next year. And with that came the doubling of tickets, uh, ticket prices. I, I think it was... Honestly, I can't remember. Let's just say it was um, 60 bucks or 80 bucks for a season ticket for a student or something. Some ridiculously cheap price. The next year, it was $200 minimum, straight away. We lost half of we lost half of them straight away because they blamed us uh the marinators for the cost of the tickets they thought that we did it it wasn't us it was ffa having said that towards the end of the season when we're going really well the bay was still packed we told people look just buy a ticket next bay come in no worries um season three we also become an official group uh we had a president treasurer all that sort of stuff now, this lasted um, a few seasons, I think two seasons, two and a half seasons, but it just fell apart. Um, people moving, like at the moment, I know there's Chris in Texas who listens to this, he was with us. Um, like I said, Jeff's in Spain now, there's a guy, um, I'm not sure what Brett is, Brett, if you listen to this, let us know, last I knew you were in uh, New York, I think, um, Perm Boy's in Japan, so you know, we've got us... Um, and Golden Boy was in China, I think. So, you know, we I lose count of how many people we've lost from the first two, three seasons. Um, they just spread all over the world and spread all over the stadium. Um, and we just, we haven't replaced those people. And that's why, at the moment, there's not many people there. Do you think that's what killed the Marinators in the end, though, when it became too official? I'd say part of it. Yeah. I'd still say that the allocated seating was the um, catalyst to the downfall. Um, I think we people just had enough of it. Just you know, people just stop enjoying it. I guess this music is so <laughs> sad. <laughs> it's um, it sounds like we're dying. Seriously, it is so much fun. Well, That's what I was supposed to say. It sounds people, like funeral music. Don't people get older, though, and their lifestyle circumstances change and they move on to having they kids grow and they bring they their kids yeah. to the yeah. game and they can't bring their kids into Bay 16 or they feel mm. they can't. Um, I think there was a point where the generation swapped over and it just never... Recovered. Yeah, it never recovered. Well, maybe it's where, you know, that, that next group of young people that were going to be the, 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 the next... Uh, active support heads just didn't happen at the uh, uh, after the year where the ticket pricing went up, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I we lost a lot of students through that because we said we had student tickets the year before in one, two, three came along and the student tickets were gone. It was full price, yep. and that that seating was it was it cost more to sit in Bay sixteen than it did in seventeen for a season ticket. Because it was um, reserved. Which is bloody ridiculous. Because remember, you used to have, um, I think it was yellow seating, which was GA, and then you had blue, which was reserved. Yeah. We were classified as blue, so the reserved seating cost more than yellow. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be the cheapest. It, it is honestly the worst view in the whole stadium. Yeah, so yeah, you're, you're, paying, you're paying like... A premium West for Western a stand view. on the halfway line price. No, 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 that's, that's, uh, that's higher again. That's but yeah, as, as, like, it's it's not the best view, but I definitely wouldn't change it for sure. Mm. Well, it's each to their own, I suppose. I like the TV view. That's why um, you know I'm invite only down there because 
I just don't get to see the, what's going on off the ball. And, and I like that stuff and I'm old. So jumping for 90 minutes, it takes me two days to recover. There's also, you know, like anything, unfortunately, there's a bit of politics in it, but I'm not going to go into that at all. Um, oh, excuse me, I just burped. Um, no, you farted as well. The, the old forum uh, closed down in 2007 and the new forum opened up. Uh, that's ccmfans.net, so you can go there and, and, and see, you know, how, how far back that goes as well. And ads has run all that too, so um, that's been a staple in, in Mariners culture. I remember we had, I think we had 4,000 people on this one forum at once, and that was when um, Vukovic was getting handed his um, suspension notice, how long that was going to be for. We had over 4,000 people. Is this Don't Speak by No Doubt? It sounds like it is it. too. Um, right, so season five came along. The Marinators have pretty much died, to be honest. They were up the back of the bay. Um, we moved to Bay Twenty Three, and uh, the Coastie Boys come in, and um, that was Craig and Peachy and Tristan. Um, I'm sorry, I've got these names written down, so I'm forgetting. Um, that brought in a Eastern. So what the first four seasons have been was more of an English-type support base. The chants were all English, all sort of stuff. Um, Coastie Boys brought in a European style, so that's a lot more, you know, jumping around, more, I'm, I'm going to say better chants, in, in, in my opinion. Um, not as witty, they're more musical and more melodic, whereas the English chants are witty. I do like witty chants, don't get me wrong. Um, so Coastie Boys lasted about two seasons, um, than that, it never really grew, did it? it no, sort of it didn't grow. Same. It didn't grow at all. Um, and there's reasons behind that. I'm going to say that they weren't inclusive. Uh, they, they were exclusive. Um, if you didn't want to stand and sing, then you'd be told to fuck off, basically, in no uncertain terms. Having said that, I think it's probably the uh, most passionate. The Bay's ever been. Yeah, I'm going to say that. The amount of people that were there were probably the most passionate. Um, then season seven came along and um, Fish, myself, Luke and our partners and a few other people. I, were you there, Josh? I can't remember, man. No, I came in a bit. Definitely wasn't me. There was, you weren't yeah, there? Okay, well, it was, okay, no. it was me, I Fish came, and Harry then. I came in... I'll jump in when I got there. I came in oh. probably <laughs> the start of the championship season. When okay. We're going well. That was start of season eight. Right, well, okay. It was my, myself, Fish and Harry then, I think it was, um, and our partners. And um, we, we sort of got together and said, look, we want to start doing this Yellow Army thing. Because since season one, I, I'd always wanted to have a group called Yellow Army, not Marinators. That's just me. Um, we started getting more involved with the club. Coastie Boys were very anti-media. Um, that's that's their thing. I was in that as well, I guess. That's, that's our thing. Um, but we started to get tied in a bit more with the club and started to organise more banners and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's pretty good. And then it's been Yellow Army since then. Like, I guess you can. Um, there's still sa- um, not so much Sacco and he's a membership today. But um, <laughs> <laughs> again, um, but I know there's Tyson, Thurbs, and then Rowdy and um, John that stand at the back of Bay 16. So they've been since season one. They've been there, and um, 
I guess, you know, there's only a couple of remnants of marinators still around. But, um, yeah, okay, so the army, let's just say from season seven onwards, seven and a half, I'm going to say. Um, and more people have come in, so such as Luke and Josh. Well, I think and me, and, me and you are pretty much the same, Josh. Like, I used to sit in base seven, and then I think I was sort of like 18, 19, and then the, the year we won the championship, I started going in the bay at home. I'd always gone in for away games just because it's good fun. And then um, we won the championship and then the season after, um, during the off-season, was when I met Fish. And then pretty much from there, it's sort of... I think the first the first thing I helped out on was the TIFO of the championship and, like, our logo was, like, in it or, like, around it or whatever. Mm. That was my first sort of major involvement and then it sort of went from there and within, like, a season... It was sort of like Jimmy, me, Josh here and there, Harry sort of running everything. Shuffling everything. Shuffling everything. Well, there's always, always been something help, there. There's always been something there. I have no yeah. history in terms of active support, except like Luke mentioned before, I've been to especially New South Wales away games, many, many of them. And those games I've always stood with whomever our active support is and they've always been very welcoming and and um, allowed us older folk. Because for me, when I started, you guys were young, but I had daughters who were about your age. And I I'm 29. Them, well, my, my eldest daughter's a few years younger than you, um, and a couple of years older than Luke. Mm. I think so. I think I was the perfect age for when the league kicked off. Nine, yeah. 18, 19. I was 18. Yeah. Most of it's been your adult life. Yeah. Whereas, uh, so my two daughters, that was my take the girls to the out for the day thing every fortnight to the football. So going to Bay 16 with an eight year old and an 11 year old probably wasn't the, the best thing to do. So for me, I never did that, but I never took them to away games. And I always uh, joined in with the Yellow Army Chance, got to know a few guys. I played football with Fish about 10 years ago. Um, so there was always a little bit of um, that, that um, link there that, that allowed me to sort of feel comfortable to come into the group and um, always good fun so, so and still good fun. There's, there's no, in, we're not inclusive at all, I don't think. Do you know me? Yeah. Or do you mean exclusive? Oh, exclusive, I mean. We're not yeah. like exclusive sort of people. If you're not, well, okay. if you're not part of us, you, you, you get stuff sort of thing. It's like if you want to come into the bay, come in. Like the, no one's going to say, who are you, why are you here, go away. I'll point out one massive difference from the first two seasons to now. You, one question for me. Do you yep. think Coasty Boys were d- failed because they were so inclusive? Exclusive, Exclusive. Yes. Kept getting it wrong. Exclusive? Yes. Yeah. And that plus the flares, plus other stuff. I like flares just quietly. Yeah, but the rel- <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Yes, only in I, I love flares. Yes, Take however, him, just fell off his seat. <laughs> they're they're illegal, unfortunately. Yeah, denim uh, flares? No, they're not. Oh, shut sorry. up. And at the end of the day, the team comes first. So no one in this room or anywhere else, hopefully, would ever do anything to jeopardise the team losing points or the yeah. club For losing me, money. For there's a there's a thing here that I can look at. NT, the North Terrace disbanding and Coasty mm-hmm. Boys seem sort of like a similarity is maybe inclusive. And as we saw this weekend, as soon as people started to chant, try and start chants, old NT members were up the back booing them. So is that 
Am I on the right track here, do you think? I think very similar mentality. Yeah. Well, I was about to get onto this. Back in season one and two, um, I distinctly, and even season three and up to four, I'm, I'm going to guess, um, we, we just didn't have one megaphone. We had a few. And what we would do is get someone um, on each megaphone and go into base in front of um, 17 and 15 and get everyone to move into base 16. We haven't done that since season four. Oh, we I think we tried with prior with the megaphone, but the other thing and, fifteen and seventeen don't get involved. No, the other thing is is that when someone new comes in, you introduce yourself. Yeah, I used yeah. to do that to new people all the time. I'd, well, I'd right, see someone right, new go, "Oh, right how you doing? I'm I'm Jimmy." Well, like, the first time I really met met Jimmy was when I bought like Yellow Army merch off you. I bought like a CCM hoodie, mm-hmm. shook your hand, said hello, and then known each known each other pretty much since then. And that's that's what we're missing. We're missing like instigators that go out and say, "Oh, how you doing? Like, you want to come sing? Like, yeah, I'm Jimmy. I'm, I'm Josh. I'm Luke. Whatever. Um, this is this is what we do for away games. Like, he's. I need to start making pamphlets again for away games and that sort of stuff. But, and I think we miss out. One of the cornerstones of us was the forum. And there's just no nothing like that because this rise of social media is just taken away from the forum. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I don't know, Ads might get in touch and I tell us how many members he's got in the forum now, but... I think forums sort of went out of fashion as soon as Twitter became popular. Because what are you Twitter, looking at, Mara? Now we Now we have Mariner's members group. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not go into that. Can we not talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> but um as as handy as social media has been, it's also seen a massive downfall in for I, I that's just my point of view. In, well, a, as you all know, I'm a big Twitter user, but I think that's why because Twitter became more popular and available and Twitter might be much easily accessible and easier to make points than a forum would be. Yeah. I think. It but a forum be, you yeah. can organize things a lot more. Yeah, that's true. A lot easier on forum. Yeah, but the tools that, that you have on social media now can bridge that gap. It's just a matter of getting people to be there and to... This is a Metallica cover, by the way. It is. Anyway, yeah. Played, um, played on harpsichord. Who was saying? I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely not an easy thing running running an active, no matter how big or... It's, and it's but because the we, we're the smallest is. club. We, we, don't have enu- yeah. we don't have enough numbers. Well, I don't think we have enough numbers. We just don't have the numbers to get... Everything organised. We I don't, don't think. we don't have the numbers necessarily, and we don't have the we don't have the culture either. I, I don't think. I think that plays a big thing. I think you've seen how quick the RBB rose. One because of good organisation. Two because it's pretty much in their blood. Yeah, that's a good point. That's true. Whereas here, the Western only Sydney is football heartland. Yeah, the only football culture we have is what happened when the Mariners were created. Yeah. But I think that that's what we can, what some fans can learn because I didn't know anything about that and uh, had never been uh, exposed really to active support. Couldn't take my daughters to NSL games. So I became exposed to the away bay that first year when we played semi-finals. Do you have fun? Yeah, I had a ball. And so I wanted to go back and enjoy that again. It you were front row in Newcastle two weeks this ago. This is the thing. I was having fun with a few mates. Well, before, before, we need to before 2004, would anyone on the coast even wanted a football team? It was all... Rugby because, league. 
Because Central Coast, like I was just about to say that, Central Coast is rugby league dominated. Always has been, always will be. Yeah. There's yeah. way more interest in rugby league in on the Central Coast than there is in football. I've said many times before, if an NRL team had been planted here instead of the Mariners in 2004, then it's highly likely I'd be as tragic a fan of that team as I am of this team because it's about the location for me. That wouldn't be the same for me, but I definitely get what you're saying. So, so yeah, it's... Anyway, it's because when when rugby league bring a game to the Central Coast, remember, uh, was it two years ago? Manly and the West Tigers played a round game here, and they sold they sold the stadium out. A lot yeah. of Manly fans on the coast, and, they, and, they only and do Manly a fan, yeah, a lot of Manly fans live on the Central Coast because it's a nor- like a Northern Beaches sort of thing. They do a couple of games a year, and that means that the fans see those couple of games a year as the time they can get all their friends together and get out and enjoy a game. But that's what we anyway, need to do. Anyway. We need to try and we need to try and get around those rugby league fans that won't go to football games and try and convince them to support the local team. But we can grab the low-hanging fruit. From the Yellow Army point of view, the first thing is that fans should feel very comfortable to do what happened in Newcastle and when they're on an away trip, don't sit with the opposition's fans. Go down the away bay, join in the chants, stand behind... Um, the Yellow Army Boys, and um, you'll pick up the lyrics pretty quickly, although I was pretty bad at them at times, wasn't I, Luke? Um, and then, who oh, knows, maybe you like it and you want to On Pete's behalf, up. it's Central Coast Olay, not always. That's <laughs> something a lot of people get wrong. And a shout-out uh, to Peter as well, because if he wasn't the capo, I don't know who would do it. Uh, well, yeah, see, Pete came <laughs> he, in... He, keep, he keeps saying he doesn't want to do it anymore, but there's no one else. <laughs> there's no one else, so he doesn't have a bloody choice. Um, I'm trying to remember when Pete started capoing. I think you said before it was like season six, maybe. I'm going to say seven? season six or seven. It was after the just after the Coasty Boys. It was yeah, Pete was our capo when we come Yellow Army. So yeah, sorry Pete, Chucky in there, mate. Fuck, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was waiting for his name to come up. It was like no, it'll come. It'll yeah, come. Nope, he's call to arms though. He call to it. arms. This this and it'd Saturday. be remiss of us to not include Peter in all of this. Yeah. This Saturday we're um, trying to get some of the old fellas out of their bays and down into the Yellow Army, and I've heard of one or two who are sort of oh um, radars coming in sketchily um, penciled their name into that. I might even make an appearance down there myself if, at home. Which if radar's not there in the first ten minutes of the game, we're going to go find him, cable tie his hands together, <laughs> pick him up, and drag him down there. Because this is the time to have good um, together support when the Wanderers come up, and we can. You know, we we don't want to hear them singing that song about what is it? Can't hear the Mariners sing. Do they sing? Can't that? stand it. I can't. We can't hear that. Anyway, I didn't um, even know they sung that. No, especially not that bad. Um, who creates the chants? Um, well, like any active supporters group, it just can't. Sometimes it comes spur of the moment. Usually, doesn't it? The internet. Yeah, it depends. Um, a lot of football chants are covered um, from other people. Covered from songs. Um, yeah. Basically, that's it. I've come up with a couple. Um, Pete's come up with a couple. We did a Smurfs cover the other day. Did we join? Yeah. Oh, not Smurfs. Um, Smurfs. Sesame Street. Like Sesame Street. Thank you. It's oh. a mixture of covers and originals, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, as as for um, who do we sing for? I looked it up the other day. We started that in two thousand and seven. Well before the RBB. Yeah, I was about to say, just note. No, no, no that can't be right. They, they invented <laughs> football. Football didn't exist before 2012. We were calling it soccer back then. <laughs> just we putting were. that out there. <laughs> anyway, um, there's only a few chants that have survived um, since season one. And that's Mariners Clap, Clap, Clap. <laughs> no surprises there. And the Nick Burgess song. 
about him selling things. Oh, and cl- absolute knee. classic, absolute classic. We definitely yeah. need new. If chance, you don't so. know what it is, so come when did the, the bay and we'll sing it? When did the flute song come in? Pun. When did the flute song come in? The, the Jets distunes. Oh, um, actually, there's a few more songs from season one about the Jets. I was going to say because the flute song's been around f- a long time. No, not that, not as long as you think, but quite a while. I'm going to say 2007. I feel, yeah, because I feel like we sung it. Actually, at no, the sorry, semis. season seven, season seven. Well, I feel like we sung it at the I semi. Thought it was older uh, in the year we played against the Jets in the grand final. I could be wrong, but I feel like we sung I it. I think back. you're wrong. Okay, right. I'm willing to be wrong. I am frequently. I don't think it's wife. that old. You Actually, sound, no. You sound like it's, you sound like his wife. No, you're no, wrong. you know what? <laughs> Absolutely wrong. <laughs> It'd be Coasty Boys era again. <laughs> It'd be Coasty Boys era. Okay. Yeah. They, they sound like the type of blokes that have come up yeah. with stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, so that's a that's extended the, brief history. A trip down memory lane. Wow. I've got a lot of story. I've got, I got a banana t- bus story, if you want me oh, to tell that one. Oh, my God, day. how did you... I was literally just about to say, why don't you tell them about that, that bus story? You want me to tell it or not? Yeah, tell it. Save it next week. Tell it. Tell oh, it now. right. Well, we're on the subject. Tell it now. Okay. Um, season one, last round of the regular season. Uh, we'd organised, uh, it was our tour of duty, up to Brisbane. Playing the Queensland Raw. Yeah, the Queensland Raw. Um, we had two minibuses full. And we decided to make it a competition to see how much shit we could steal up and back between the two buses. Um, Luke's gone for a toilet break. Gone to do some scrunching. And before this, we don't condone theft. No, we don't condone. podcast. So, before we've got on the freeway from Gosford... Someone's already stolen a traffic cone. <laughs> the roadworks are doing at a rimba. And then we get up to, um, I think it's Grafton. And there's a McDonald's up at Grafton with a flag, a massive flag, and a McDonald's flag on it. So someone pulled that down and stole it. Hoodlum Mariners. <laughs> we took um, window, what's it, squidgy for a window and bucket and all that sort of <laughs> shit. And then we get up to Coffs, and as we're driving into Coffs, we see this um, um, a fruit stall on the side of the road. And there's two drunk guys in the back. I think one of them was called Barnsey. I haven't seen him since season two. And he suddenly woke up and goes, Stop! Stop! I thought, fuck, he's going to be sick. And so we pull over. Like, You're right. And they open up the back of the bus, and they, him and his mate just disappear down the road. Like, what the fuck are they doing? And then we see this banana sign lift up, turn towards us, and they start running towards us with this giant banana. It was probably eight foot long. <laughs> the bus is ten foot long, something like that. I don't know. It would have been longer than that, but only just fit in the bus. So they're running along the side of the highway with this giant banana, and the owners out the front of the shop just watching them go by, and then they just. Threw it into the back of the bus, and so we took off, and that was called the banana bus. Banana bus. And we took it surfing on the way back at Coffs, and we dropped it off, and uh, so we drove around Brisbane with this giant banana in our bus. No one could fit in the bus. All the while, someone's sleeping on the ground, and we're crossing this um, bridge, and I was watching this guy's foot. His foot was resting on a, a fire extinguisher. And I thought, I wonder what will happen if that fire extinguisher goes off. And the next second, his foot hit the clip and the fire extinguisher went <laughs> off. And we're in the middle of a bridge over a river. So we can't pull over. 
and there's a pretty long bridge, and there's this guy lying on the ground. <laughs> and he gets up, and half his face is just covered in fire extinguisher. The whole bus fills up with smoke. Everyone slams open their windows and is trying to breathe out the side. The driver's got his... I think I think his driver had his head out the window trying to steer the bus as we're crossing this bridge. And... Um, and then we pulled over, and luckily there was a lady there washing her, uh, watering a garden, and she was kind enough to lend us the hose, and we hosed out the bus. So immature. <laughs> Bloody hooligans. The good old days. The good oh. old days. And on the way home, um, I was hanging out the window with a squidgy, offering to wash people's windows with a bottle of water. Yeah. So we don't get tours like that anymore, unfortunately. We don't get the numbers. We couldn't even fill a minibus to Canberra. Yeah, I know. That sucked. I was, really, I was really keen for that as well. One day. Anyway, that's enough of this music. That's enough of that shit. <laughs>